Welcome to People HQ Podcast, a podcast that aims to help guide success by providing listeners with HR insight and knowledge and stories from great people in business. My name is Greg Quinn and welcome. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Greg Quinn here and welcome to episode four of the People HQ Podcast. Today, I wish to talk about redundancies. So getting redundancy right. We're obviously in a climate right now um, with lots of uncertainty. The business is in lockdown. Lots of employees being furloughed. Businesses are starting to think about bringing employees back. Some have really went back. They're not sure on what headcounts they may need and what their labour resource may look like in the future. Certainly this past number of weeks, I've had um, numerous conversations with business owners who are unsure about redundancy and the process associated. So I thought a podcast would be useful. So the very first thing um, I generally start with when I'm advising clients or would-be clients is decision time. It is a tough decision to make. And we've all heard the old saying of uh, fail to plan is planning to fail. So from the very get-go, planning has to be essential, 100%. So take the time, really focus time with your senior teams and review headcounts, the roles across your business and the structures in your business. And essentially take the time to define what the future looks like. Um, never make a rash decision. I mean, really think this over. Um, and I always advise to consider all options to avoid redundancies. And these could include like a freeze in recruitment, um, allow for natural wastage, you will have natural levers, try and reduce costs by stopping or reducing overtime, consider a pay freeze in your business, offer early retirement to colleagues who may be um, open to that, um, or continue. Uh, to be able to furlough if it is still going at the time you're considering uh, downsizing. Uh, and then lastly, another option is to introduce short-time working. Whatever you do about the, the future state and uh, whoever's involved, ensure that there is full sign-off uh, across the business. Um, I've seen over the years where an announcement has been made on a restructure of the program and not everyone was bought into the process and it just gets a bit fractious as the process moves forward so do your homework review headcounts consider all options um now is the time to get all your ducks in a row essentially once you have defined what the future state looks like in the business then it really is preparation then um, so start to think and get your HR teams to focus on drafting the announcements. Um, so exactly what the script is going to say. Um, drafting letters um, to be issued notice or to invite colleagues to meetings, etc. Um, provide and, and draft consultation documentation. So whatever one-to-ones um, are happening, that there's set questions that will help managers structure those meetings. Define selection criteria um, and scoring templates for that. 
outline the timeline for the process so everyone knows when the announcement start and when the tents are last and bloody could be leaving the building. Um, so people are focused on the, the project. Have any redeployment documentation if redeployment is an option. Um, support managers. Managers will find going through a redundancy process fairly nerve-wracking especially if they haven't done it before so coaching for them is essential and that's why all this documentation planned in advance is really helpful. Consider employee well-being support options so going through redundancy is a very stressful time for everyone. Um, those colleagues who are facing um, the at-risk notice um, will need support. Uh, especially you might have some long servers in your teams who never expected this news. Um, so having someone at hand to offer some form of support um, will help. Uh, an option is also to arrange outsourcing support so you can bring someone in external who will help those colleagues who are due to exit due to redundancy to get ready for the job market and have them CV preparation, interview confidence, how to search for the right roles, etc. That's a really good option if you have the budget to do so. And last and certainly by no means least, with all this planning and preparation going on, key thing is to have planned team updates. So from the day that things are announced to regular updates then throughout the process. There's nothing as worse as having a void in communication um, because that's when the rumour mill uh, starts to kick off. Point to remember if you are um, going to make 20 or more people redundant that you need to submit an HR1 form um, to the government department. So once all the planning is done and you've made the announcement, you're then talking about selection. Um, so you're going to have, firstly is volunteer redundancy an option. Um, that would ultimately lessen the need uh, for a overall selection process. Um, so it's key here to outline and agree selection criteria. Um, use objective criteria because you don't want um, favoritism from scoring managers or them to use their own opinion. Try and make things as objective as possible. Use a points-based scoring matrix. Again, it takes all the ambiguity out of things, it's black and white, there's a process to follow and all managers use this process to take you through to the next stage. Um, avoid discrimination, so you're not going to have any selection criteria that's uh, linked to um, age, sexual orientation, uh, anything like that, or whether it's a part-time worker. So. You must treat part-time and full-time workers the exact same. And if you go through all the criteria and you think that there needs to be something about um, length of service, only only as part of a wider scoring might, might you consider that. Don't rely solely on that. That's not good. Have a scoring system that includes um, things like work experience, the level of skill of the individual, are they multi-skilled, the qualifications and the competency of the individuals, look at disciplinary records, look at absence records, 
that is all objective and measurable criteria which will help um, when it comes to scrutiny of the screening process. So you're now on to then the next core aspect of the redundancy program um, and that is consultation. Consultation with your employees. Um, and a point I always make to clients um, is ensure that there is a thorough consultation. It's not a tick box exercise, you must go through it and ensure that you exhaust all options for redundancy um, for employees. Um, core points really, um, in terms of individual consultation, you should consult employees individually um, regardless of the number you plan to make redundant. While there are no fixed time scales in which this consultation must take place, it should be of a sufficient time scale to be meaningful in the individual circumstances. And as well as individual consultation, if more than 20 colleagues are to be made redundant, you must adhere to collective consultation guidelines. And these essentially are 30 days before the first redundancy where there are 20 to 99 proposed redundancies. Or 90 days before the first redundancy where there are 100 or more proposed redundancies. And those figures I quoted are Northern Ireland based. They are different than GB. When it comes to consultation at the start of the process, um, employers must inform representatives of the following. Uh, and this is pretty important when it comes if you're ever challenged. So the reason for the redundancy dismissals, the number of proposed redundancies and their job types, the total number of employees affected, the proposed methods of selection, the procedure to be followed in dealing with the redundancies and lastly the method of calculating redundancy payment. Doing this up front um, leaves no room for greatness then and everybody understands why this process has been initiated. So once consultation has been completed and um, we're then through the decision making and there has been a decision then to make an employee redundant, you, the employer, then must issue a written notice of redundancy. And this will clearly lay out the reasons for said redundancy. Um, this will be statutory minimum notice or contractual notice. And the letter should outline the redundancy payment calculations, the reason for the redundancy, and very importantly, offer a right of appeal. And obviously any meetings that take place during a redundancy consultation process, the employees are entitled to representation at those meetings. It's worth at this point really to make reference to furlough. Um, and if you go through a redundancy process, you must consider the implications when people are on furlough. So, 
it's not that being on furlough is not a fair reason for redundancy selection alone. You must use the full scoring criteria for everyone. So if there's colleagues who are furloughed and there's some in work, um, those on furlough should not be uh, treated less favourably. So the same scoring criteria must be applied to all employees in the business or those within the selection bill. It's good practice to ensure um, that there is sufficient means of communication to aid those colleagues who are currently off-site and who are furloughed. So whether that is um, accommodating social distancing type meetings, whether that is doing video conferencing, um, or work, worst case some form of telephone meeting, but that wouldn't be um, the best option. You must also ensure that representation is available and accommodated to support colleagues working off-site or on furlough. Um, it doesn't matter if someone is sitting in their home, they're entitled to representation. And whilst on furlough and, and even afterwards, employees still have the same employment rights. Exact same as anybody currently in employment. This includes redundancy rights and the protection from unfair and discriminatory dismissal. So, whilst furlough has been there to help businesses through this difficult time, you must never take your eye off the legislative guidelines when it comes to important pieces of employment legislation. It's also worth noting that those employees who are at risk of redundancy and that are furloughed may require additional emotional support. So if you can imagine, it's going through a redundancy process is difficult enough for, for any employee. Um, but if you have employees who are at home are not along with their other friends and in work, they are hearing uh, whispers perhaps, um, and they have too much time at home and they're, they're overthinking things. So it's really important that you have some mechanisms in there to try and support those, support all colleagues, but especially those who are at home and furloughed at this point in time. So redundancy is not um, an easy process. I get it that business owners, senior management teams have worked extremely hard on building a business and building a team. Um, and when it comes to the redundancy process, it is not easy. And that's why I started off this uh, podcast by saying try to do a number of things to avoid redundancies. But when you're in the process, it's important that you plan up front, that you work through the various stages that I explained um, and just uh, do what's best for your teams. And as I said earlier, planning is essential. And if you're not sure um, on how you might approach it or you don't have the relevant capability in your business to help you go through such a process, well then reach out. You can reach out to the government um, organisations um, for support and advice. You can reach out to a third party 
someone like myself who would come in and manage that process from start to finish alongside the business owner and the senior team. So that is a quick synopsis of redundancy. I hope you get some worth from listening to it. And as I said, if I can be of any help at all, please reach out. Um, and you can find us on our website, www.peoplehq.co.uk. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the People HQ podcast. Why not subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss any future episodes? Also, feel free to visit our website at www.peoplehq.co.uk.